This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. And I have so many people say to me, it's the end times. It's over. What's happening to the world? <laughs> and uh, they're saying there's this and there's that. I mean, I lived through an earthquake in Melbourne and all these things are going on in the world. And so many people asking me, what's happening, Pastor Daniel? Is it the end times? And I say, no. I said, it's just birth pains. The, earth, the end times is when the gospel will be preached in every single nation. The end times will be when you turn on the TV and instead of some death or some disease or some, there will be the preaching of the gospel. They will be reporting on millions getting saved in Melbourne, half the city turning to Jesus all across the world, people turning to Jesus. That's the time when you need to get ready because you're about to go snatched, caught up. We used to, when I was a kid, I don't know if you did this, Pastor Trevor, but you used to panic if you came home and the stove was on, the washing machine going, a door open, the front door, nobody home. You start looking around for your parents and worry, like, where are they? Have they gone? They've gone and I haven't been around. And you fall to your knees and start repenting. Lord, I'm sorry. Being there, we used to grow up like that. I used to grow up like that concerned about when the end would be. And I remember asking my dad because when I was a young youth pastor, 18, turned 18, and, and I said, Dad, what's, first of all, I'd probably ask, what's eschatology? And, and he explained, you know, it's, it's teaching on end times. Uh, and I said, well, what's your eschatology, Dad? And he said, listen to me, son. Don't need to worry about that. He goes, look at that hospital. He said, tonight, it's the end time for someone in that room. He said, see that house over there. Tonight, it's the end time for somebody there. See, all across the world, it's the end time. Every single second, it's the end time. He said, Daniel, now go and do something about that. Well, I felt, I felt something happen then. I was like, it's, that's what we need to preach. Come on, turn from your wicked ways. Turn to Jesus. So we live in a crazy time. We live in a crazy moment, a crazy season, but it's great to be alive, I'm telling you. Who would have wanted anything else? And uh, I, I want to preach to you tonight out of one of my favorite passages. It's found in the Bible. It's in, it's, it's always a good start. It came to the right place. That's right. I, I tend to leave Confucius at home and, and uh, Quran and things like that. I just tend to stick to the Bible, which is always good. It, 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 Moses, we're going to talk to you about the story of Moses. So it's found in Exodus. It's very easy to find Genesis, Exodus. Who's got their Bibles? Wave them there like you just don't care. Parent being unashamed. Hallelujah. It says here, chapter 3, it says, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he looked to the flock to the back of the desert. He took the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Somebody say the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him from a flame of fire in the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, while the bush does not burn. Verse 4, so when he looked, said, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and says, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. 
Verse 5, then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take the sandals off of your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I'm going to preach to you tonight about the thought of holy ground. Remember that song we used to sing? We are stand. Oh, he's went there. That was fantastic. On holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. I love this passage of Scripture. It's so powerful, so mighty. See what happens when we encounter God. We need to live in a place of encounter. We can't survive this life off yesterday's encounters, off yesterday's manner. We need to have a continuation of a walk with Jesus Christ and a continuation of encounters with Him. We can't just say, well, back in 1979, I had an encounter and it was wonderful. I'm sure it was. But you need to keep having them. You need to keep going to that place of encounter. Because why? Because encounter leads to loyalty. What you encounter, you're loyal to. You'll remember that time, and I'm talking about that time, when you encountered Jesus, that time you came to the front, gave your life to Him. You remember that time, some of you got it written in your Bible, the date, the moment, the hour, when you got baptized with the Holy Spirit, when you got baptized, you remember the encounter, am I right? You're loyal to that encounter. How? Because it becomes your testimony. It's the very thing that you used to share to people. This was the moment God touched my life. And you start sharing that everywhere you go. It becomes your uh, encounter that you're loyal to. Loyalty leads to what? Obedience. Whatever you're loyal to, you're obedient to. You start to learn. You start to follow. You start to go. Keep going to church. Keep learning more. Why? Because of an encounter. Whatever you are obedient to, God then trusts you. What's he trust you with? The gifts of the Spirit. As you begin to flow and move and operate in the gifts, what then happens? Power comes into your life. You experience his power, the fullness of his power. Amen. And then what happens? The promises. The promises, yes, amen, are revealed to you. It's incredible what the encounter does. That's why we never we need to always stay in that place of encounter. So when I go to church, I say, what, what, what's the vision? If it's not to see an encounter in people's lives, we need to come back to that place of encounter. Moses has a great encounter. Moses has a few encounters. Let's have a look. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and the flock, led the flock. He led the flock, it says, to the back of the desert. Sometimes we go through desert seasons in our lives. For me, it's called Morwell. <laughs> Morwell. <laughs> Who knows about Morwell? Does anyone? Well, you're all here. That's the whole population. It's, it's amazing that you could make it tonight. You escaped. I escaped. They didn't let some of them out, but they're all still there. And um, Morwell, <laughs> I've worked out, Pastor Trevor, it's the cure for narcissism. So it's, it's quite a great place. Um, <clears throat> humbles you. And, um, uh, it, it, you know, we've last two years have been like a desert season for many of us, for all of us, really. The whole world go through that place of the unknown. Where am I? What am I doing? I'm leading. He's leading a flock of goats, it says, through the backside of the desert, thinking, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going in all this? What does all this mean? I mean, what's the point? What's the point of doing all this? Leading goats? I mean, goats, 
are useless. They stink. What happens? He says he's going along this place and all of a sudden he comes to Horeb. It's called the mountain of God, the place of encounter where God is. Let me tell you something. I believe so much in going to church. The church is still the hope for our communities. It's still the hope for this world. It's still the place of encounter. If you want to encounter God, you need to go to the local church, right? It seems so clear that it's written there. If you want to encounter God, where does he go? The mountain of God. Well, makes sense. Horeb. You know what's quite incredible is that this place is actually mentioned again but later on, Exodus 20, but it's got a different name. It's called Sinai. Do you know if you look up geographically, Horeb and Sinai, it's the same mountain? Both encounters, both quite essential to what God was doing on the earth. One is quite private, but the other very public. We get obsessed with Sinai moments. That's all we want in life. See, Sinai, if you don't know your Bible, Exodus 20, it's where we get the Ten Commandments from. Where Moses is on that top of that mountain, he sees God pass by the cleft of the rock and he encounters God for the first time face to side or however you want to explain it. But he, he, he meets with him in that place so much so his body, his face is glowing with fire for days. I mean, it is quite the incredible encounter. The, the mountain, it starts to become electrified, that if anyone even touches the base of it, will get executed by the power of God. Poof. Like there's lightning, thunder, smoke machines, trumpet, you know, there's everything is going on. We love Sinai. Millions of people following him. Horeb, Horeb stinks. Horeb's got goats. I mean, they're not liking nothing. I mean, they can't follow you on Instagram. They can't like any of your photos. They just don't have the dexterity. They would just, they would probably, if they tried, they'd just smash the phone. It would just, it'd just be useless. I mean, we know now because of YouTube, some of goats can sing to Taylor Swift songs. We, we understand that, but, but they're useless, right? It's useless. But Horeb is quite important. I really believe God's calling a generation back to the secret place, back to the Horeb encounter. Matthew 6, 8 says, when you pray, shut the door. Go inside. Go into that innermost room. It was actually the pantry room. Shut yourself in there. Pray to me, says, because says you go to the secret place. It's where your father is. He is in the secret place. And what you do in secret, he will reward you openly. Sinai. But you can't have your Sinai without the horror. So many people, uh, I, you know, we, I, I remember driving to church one day praying these prayers, Lord, touch me, Lord, uh, uh, fill me. You know, we've all done this, yeah. Uh, come, come upon me, uh, fill me with your anointing again. He says to me, no. Ever been rebuked by the Holy Spirit? Quite offensive. You're like driving, I'm like, Father, Abba, Papa, Daddy, what? He says, No, you touch me. And I went, No, Lord, you touch me. And he says, Unless you become like the woman with the issue of blood, I can't help you anymore. 
I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, unless you get her faith, her faith that will say no matter what's going on in my life right now, no matter how many people uh, uh, don't agree with me right now, I will push past. I will push through the crowds. You know, she was extradited, extra excommunicated. She was diseased. She was uh, considered an outcast, but yet she pushed through just so she could reach the hem of his garment. See, I wonder this. I know the Bible says the two or three are gathered uh, in my name. I will be there in their midst. And that's true. And that's great. But I wonder how many people would rather call God to where they are rather than go to where he is in the secret place. It's time. It's time, church. It's time to start going to that place of encounter again. Just you and him. He is in the secret place. Hallelujah. The mountain of God. I, I mean, I love church. I've grown up in church my whole life. It's just my story. I know it's not a great uh, youth alive testimony, but it's, I just, I've grown up in church my whole life. It's all I've ever known. Uh, I'm going to meet uh, my life. I didn't go to parties. I went to prayer meetings. You know, it's just how I grew up. And um, my mom is, is got, I mean, my dad as well, but she's got a lot to do with this. I mean, she would make me pray a lot, you know, things like that. And uh, always wake me up and tell me to pray and even test me sometimes if I wasn't speaking in tongues and the spirit. She'd be like, go on, do it. And I'd be like 16 in the kitchen in front of her. That's my life. You don't understand, I know. And um, I remember one morning I was in so much pain my mum had different rules, you know. There was there was normal church rules, you know. You couldn't wear shorts to church. Um, those who grew up in that those days, you know, collars and and yeah, all that sorts of thing, and you know, uh, uh, be quiet, quiet toys in church. You couldn't have anything that made any noise, although otherwise you get the look. Remember the look? <laughs> Who's forgotten the look? And then if you don't, if it, the look didn't work, you get the pinch. And you get the pinch, you know what's coming next is the takeout. Once you get taken out past there, you know what's coming. Spare the rod, hate the child. If my mum was into tattoos, she would have got spare the rod, hate the child tattooed on each hand. And um, I'm just saying, she just loves me so much she wanted to show the love of. Anyway, and um, I remember one morning I felt so sick I didn't get out of bed and, and it was 7.01. I should have been eating my Fruit Loops and, and I wasn't. So... I heard these footsteps. Do you remember? Did anyone have a house where you had the footsteps coming down the hallway? Boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, oh, no, 701, why am I up? And all of a sudden, the door, the door. Listen to me, people. I've heard stories of people growing up telling me their house. Um, honey, uh, are you, is every, I cannot relate to you. I have no idea what you're talking about. I just look at you blankly like, what planet did, are you from? I, 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 my mother's half Hungarian. Um, and she comes flying down the hallway and it's like I'm renting her house for a little bit and soon I'll be out. And, and it's like the door, whoop, whoop, like that. 
swack, and it would hit the hit the wall and then bounce back in her face. And I'll be praying, Lord, why did you let the door have to hit her back in the face? It's only going to make things worse. And I'm in bed. She's like, why are you doing in bed? I'll be like, Mommy, I'm sick. Are you trying to really turn it on? <laughs> Mama, <laughs> tum tum. <laughs> She'd look at me. She'd assess the situation. She'd be like, well, get on your knees and pray. Her name's Karen, by the way, so I don't know if that's got something to do with it, possibly. Okay, a lot by the sounds of the laugh. Um, she taught me something. Prayer's powerful. Church is important. You need to have both work in your life. That's where the place of encounter is. I would pray 7 a.m., 3 p.m. The sickness left me. I was booked in to have a barium meal because I had ulcers in my stomach. It was horrible. But it left me. Prayer is powerful. You want to encounter God? Go to the house of prayer. My house will be known as a house of prayer. Where do you encounter God? In the house. In the church. That's why we need to gather. Hallelujah. That didn't get a very good shout. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's why we need. Pastor Trevor, I did so many Zoom calls. I'm sick of it. I'm over Zoom. Did you do a few? You did a few. So many Zoom calls. And I realized something while I was doing these Zoom calls. When the, when the Spirit of God came, the fire fell. You know where it fell? fell in the upper room, not in the upper Zoom. So I just worked out something quite, this is why we need to be in the house of God together because this is still the place where the power of God, come on, it's still the place where we pray, come on, Lord, I ask that your will be done, your kingdom come as it is in heaven, come on, right here on this spot. Come on, this church is the embassy of the Holy Spirit, of heaven. When you walk into here, you walk into heavenly territory. Come on, I'm going on too long. I know, I'm getting excited. It always happens when someone throws one of these devices in my hand. <laughs> I just turn into another person. I can't stop talking. Verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. This is speaking of the angel of the Lord. It's in capital A, capital L. speaking of Jesus himself incarnate in the fire. We need to experience his power. We need to experience his fire. We need to have an encounter with him today. Why? Because the world needs you to. They need it. They don't want it, but they need it. <laughs> you have something that they need, not what they want. That band begging at the gate, beautiful. Silver and gold. You know, he was begging for arms, but what he got was legs. <laughs> anyway, um, he looked towards them. He wanted a blessing. He wanted money. He said, silver and gold I have I not, but what I give, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, Nazareth, rise up and walk. They didn't have what he wanted, but they had what he needed. Church, I'm here to tell you, you've got what this world needs, not what they want. You need the fire of God in your life. You need that angel of the Lord. Here it says, then Moses said, I will now turn aside. See what he does. I will now make a conscious decision changed the course of my life. I've run away. I'm a man on the run. I've left everything behind. I'm a murderer. He killed somebody. He's afraid. He's on the run. He's running out. Into, he's full of shame. He's full of guilt. He doesn't know where to go. He's going out here. He knows where to go, the mountain of God. 
he encounters God, what happens then? Then he makes a conscious decision not to just sit at the foot, not to just sit at the base of the mountain, but to climb that mountain, to engage with that mountain, to turn aside. I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush burns, but it's not consumed. Every single one of us in this place needs to come to that crossroad in life where we change our minds, where we turn on the path, turn from our wicked ways, turn from our shame, and make that conscious decision to encounter God afresh again, to say, no, I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on Satan. I turn my back on all the past and all the things that have been going on the, on the inside of me for years and years and years and make a conscious decision tonight to turn towards the fire. He turns towards the fire. You need to have a look. Something's going on here. It's the unknown. Why does this burn? It says, so when the Lord, I want you to underline this, verse 4. So when the Lord saw, hmm, when the Lord saw that he turned. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I hope you're getting this. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look made that step, that first step into the unknown, that first step of faith. Come on, somebody. I mean, this is a burning bush, for goodness sake, and it is not being consumed. It's a phenomenon, at least. What is happening right now, it could consume you. It could take over. It could do anything. But he makes a decision to go and go towards it. I'm not sure how you would have gone, but maybe something like this. He makes a decision, goes towards it, What happens next? Only once God sees him turn aside, make that step of faith into the unknown, then he calls to him, Moses, Moses. So many of us are sitting around, twiddling our thumbs in our lazy boys. I don't know why I do the hand. It doesn't have those anymore. It's just a button now. Doesn't have the same effect. Watching Netflix series after series, waiting for God to do something in my life. Come on, God, when will you come through? Come on, God, when you'll change my bank account from the red to the black. Come on, God, when will you deal with that issue in my life? And we don't do nothing, but we're waiting for an encounter. I'm telling you something tonight that you've got to step. I'm telling you, you've got to go. You've got to go see that sight. You've got to make a conscious decision to turn around and walk towards the fire. Start to serve in the house. What does it say, Isaiah 40? Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. All right? It doesn't come from Jim 24-7, although it could help some of you. Just a suggestion. It comes from waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. You know what I think of a, fa- a fancy restaurant? You get a waiter. It comes along. It's always there waiting, putting out stuff. Everything's set. It's all good. What would you like? They always say you go through all the different waters. There's so many different waters now. They go through the all sparklings always first. Sparkling. Everyone gets excited about sparkling. And you go, oh, and then you think, hang on, is there an extra cost involved? No, thanks. Uh, still, and you're like, hmm, and then tap. Everyone's like, oh, Isn't it funny? Everyone gets disgusted about tap water when you go out. But as soon as you finish that salty meal, what's the first thing you do when you get home? No, okay, nobody. It's under the tap. Ah, waiting is service. It's not sitting around waiting for your call up. It's actually service. It's a waiter. The word's quava, actually, which means to anticipate. Anticipate God. What are you doing? It's almost like a dog waiting for its owner to come home. It's so excited. 
I've got one. I've got one. You know, here's something. Runs off, goes to the side gate. Oh, no, it's just the post. He comes back. Is he here? Is he here? Nobody has a dog, okay? As soon as the master comes home, master's home, master's home. Oh, get so excited, right? I love a master. I love a master. That's what it means to wait. That's the word. Anticipate his arrival. Praise God. Once, then he calls. What does he say next? Here I am. You know that word here is only found one other time in that, that same word written that way. Here I am, Isaiah 6, 8. Here I am, send me. It's called hiner as opposed to hina in Aramaic. Hiner means service. I am willing to go. It's active use of the word. I will go, Lord. Here I am, send me. Use me. I will do whatever you ask of me, Lord. I am ready and I am willing to go. Hallelujah. Verse 5, and maybe the keys player can come. That would be fantastic. It says, then he said to him, do not draw near to this place any longer. Can you imagine this? He's getting excited now. Fiery flame of God. He, it, something's changing inside of him because he heard his voice calling to him audibly. Moses, Moses. It's like, whoa, all right, this is God. And all of a sudden, what happens? He, he, he must have picked up the pace or something because he, he, he rebukes instantly. Do not draw near. Don't get any closer. It's like you can see him halting, you know, just, uh, why did he say that? You know, sometimes I feel like our, our ambition with God, we have too much ambition. We want everything right here, right now, without doing the hard yards, without doing something else, what it takes. I heard a preacher once say, you know, uh, 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 don't let your anointing take you where your character hasn't. I don't know if we can just get that down a little bit. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Don't let the anointing take you where your character hasn't yet. I thought, gee, that's very clever. But then I thought a bit more about it. I think, hang on, the anointing, God gives you the anointing. So why would he do that to take you somewhere where you, ha- you can't handle it? And I, and I thought about it a bit more and I thought, no, you know what, actually it should be changed. It should be, don't let your ambition take you where your character hasn't yet. Because ultimately, your character building will lead you to an anointing. That's what God uses. He uses character, humility, right? Fruits of the Spirit, they're all characters, right? He uses those to what? Grow in your anointing. Go any closer. Stop in your ambition. There's something you've got to do yet. So says, take the sandals off your feet, for the place you stand is holy ground. I'm like, the sandals? What's the deal with the sandals? I, I, it's only mentioned one other time, and that's with Joshua, yeah? Take the sandals off your feet, the place you stand is on holy ground. Why? Why take the sandals off your feet? Like, I'm thinking, I, I, I look through all these commentaries, like, the sand, talk about sandals, and it talks about, oh, yeah, it's about past sin, and, you know, how the disciples had to wipe off the dust of their feet, and I'm thinking, yeah, but that's thousands of years later. What's it mean in the context of this passage, this moment? What's going on here? Take the sandals. I mean, were they important sandals? Were they precious? Were they Jerusalem Jays? I mean, he did want to crease them. I have no idea. What is going on with the sandals? Get them off. Take them off your feet. You know, I was, as young, I did a TAFE course. That's right, very educated. Do you know what I did? It's very Australian. I did dogging, rigging, scaffolding, right? 
And so I do this course, and they, and they said, when you when you, you got to learn this stuff, so you've actually got to operate a crane. And I'm like, operate a crane? All right, that's a bit risky for TAFE kids. But anyway, we, they just show us this instructional DVD, put it on, and, and, and you start watching it. It's a dodgy video that they put together, and, and it, it has this crane, and the boom actually goes up and hits the power lines, right? And this is demonstration. It says, you know, when you hit the power lines... It wasn't if, it was when. When you hit the power lines, it says the fullness of that power is going to run through that boom and fill up the cabin. The fullness, everything, it's going to, it's going to fill that place. So you've got to get out. Very, very good advice. You've got to get out. But you've got to do some checks first. You've got to make sure there's a few things in your life that you've got going on, right? You've got to get out. And open up the door. And it says that the power actually... What it's trying to do is get earth. It's trying to earth out. And so when it does, it goes out in waves. And it's got this dodgy illustration, you know, showing you how it actually works. Goes out in waves, goes out in waves, goes out in waves. But what you've got to be careful is, is if you step out of the cabin, what happens? It says when you step into power, what happens is an arc will form between your legs. An arc will form, it will bridge, and guess what? Crack, you'll fry from the inside out. Boom. The fullness of that power will fill your body because you created an arc. I hope you're getting this. Something happens when you step into power. Something happens when you take a step of faith. Something happens in your life when you commit to going forward and not backwards and you take that leap into the unknown and you make that step. What happens? Fullness of power comes. Crack through your body and fills you. So they said you've got to be careful. You've got to keep your legs together. Same as if lightning strikes, you've got to get your legs together, huddle down, all those sorts of things. You've got to put your feet together and you've got to hop away, it says. You've actually got to get out and, and begin to hop. I, I, I mean, the hands are optional. You don't have to do the hands. I just, I just think, because I don't know, I'm Australian, I don't know. This, you can't just hop away without doing one more thing. It's making sure you've got the right footwear on. Because even though it's so powerful and it can fry it from the inside out, you can have one thing that stops all of that. It's your shoes, what shoes you have on. All it is, maybe two centimeters, three centimeters of insulated rubber, that's all it takes to stop the fullness of power. Over your whole entire body, 100% of you, just three centimeters, two and a half at most of insulated rubber will stop any power from touching you. I have an epiphany. I'm like, I understand now, Lord. I get it. I understand why he said take the sandals off your feet. He doesn't want anything between you and his power. He wants to ex- you to experience the fullness, the full measure of it. You might be sitting here tonight thinking, hey, I've got 99% of my life all worked out, but there's this one thing. There's this one thing. There's this one sandal in my life. There's this one insulator in my life. That is stopping me from experiencing everything God has for me. 99% all worked out, but I got 1% I've lost control in. It could be anger. could be violence. Maybe it's 10%. 90% of my life's all worked out. It's all put together. But 10% of the time, I'm a loose cannon. I'm out of control. I've got this. I've got that. It could be anything in your life. And God's saying, hey, that's the thing. That's the one thing that's stopping you from receiving. So one thing that's stopping you from encountering. It's, you're like, oh, I can't read my Bible. 
oh, I can't speak in tongues. I haven't yet. It's the one thing. Have you dealt with it? Come on, it's time to encounter again. Could you all stand to your feet right now all across this place? In this place right now, if you all stand to your feet, I want to pray for you because I've seen God move so powerfully in so many people's lives. I've seen so many lives healed, saved, set free and delivered. I just prayed uh, a couple of nights ago. I was in Adelaide and I, and I prayed for a guy who was having epileptic fits and he has this rare disease that when he has, goes into a fit that all of his muscles convulse so badly it dislocates his joints. He had a dislocated shoulder and it uh, inflamed on his back. It twisted so hard. He was in Adelaide uh, having scans and having tests done. Came in a wheelchair hobbling with cripple, like a cripple. In that meeting, one prayer, one encounter, one touch with his heavenly father, and he was completely set free. All the pain left. Come on, everything left. His joints came back in order. He is completely healed and restored. Why? Because of an encounter. Come on, I don't know who you are and what you're going through right now, but it's time. It's time. We're going to pray for healing. You need, if you've got sickness in your body, I believe Jesus can heal you. Come on, if you've got pain in your body, I believe he can heal you. Come on, we, I need some more amens than that. I mean, if you two or three are gathered and you're in agreement, come on, you need to lift him up because I believe it's the last day you're going to go through the pain. I believe it's the last time you're going to go through the suffering. I believe it's the last day today. Tonight is the last night you're going to struggle with that thing you've been struggling with. Come on, somebody. It's the last day you're going to go through those addictions, those problems, those diseases, those pains. This is what Jesus can do. Just one encounter and he can set you free. If you believe it, shout amen tonight. If there's pain in your body, wherever it is in your body, I want you to lift one hand to heaven so I know who I'm praying for right now all across this place. Come on, would you, would you raise your palms towards Jesus Christ, your healer? One hand, just lift up one hand, maybe, maybe your right hand. Lift up your right hand towards your heavenly Father. Why? Because he's your healer. It's not me. It's not Daniel Bates Ministries. It's not a name. It's not a person. It's not a, it's not a personality, right? It is Jesus who heals. He is your healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And by his stripes, you are healed in Jesus' name. The Bible actually repeats it again. It says, by his stripes, you were healed. It's past tense now. You have been healed on the cross. It has been done. It is finished. With your other hand, I want you to lift up your faith now and put that hand on the part of the body that you need prayer for. Wherever it is, wherever the pain is, could be your heart. Could be a shoulder, could be a mind, it could be migraines, it could be back pain, wherever it is, that's your faith in action. One hand to your father, one hand, one hand on the problem. Right now, Father, you see every hand lifted high. Come on, I want you to be in a in a reverent moment right now with your father in heaven, believing. The Bible says, only believe, only believe. Only believe that heart condition, that chest pain, it will leave and go in the name of Jesus Christ. You see every hand lifted high, Father. Right now in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, I right now in the name of Jesus apply that blood to every single person in this place and command 
all pain, all suffering, come out of the body now and leave in the name of Jesus. Leave right now. Leave right now. Go. All physical pain, leave. All physical pain, leave. Joint pain, back pain, chest pain, heart pain. All valves open up. Come on now. Right now. Heart palpitations. Cease in the name of Jesus. Chest pains come out. Knee pain, sciatic pain, all the way down into the feet. Gout. Whoever's suffering from gout, come on. The pain's coming out now in the name of Jesus. Set the feet free right now. Right now, all through the back and up the back through the shoulders. Now, here's what I want you to do. Begin to test it out. Begin to move that thing. Whatever it was, if it was a back thing, a back thing, twist. Do something you couldn't do before. Come on, give him the glory. Give him the glory. Begin to test it. Begin to lift your shoulder if it was frozen. Just begin to lift it. Come on, that's acting your faith. Stepping out in faith. Begin, begin, begin. Jump around. Do whatever you could. This guy that I pray with, all of a sudden someone starts yelling, jumping, screaming. He runs out and starts dunking like the gutters. He couldn't jump at all. And he's completely pain-free. Come on, would you give him praise if you feel his touch tonight? Come on, would you say thank you? Come on, even if it hasn't happened yet, it says that the lepers, only one came back to say thank you. Would you lift him up and say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to pray for things beyond the mind, the area of the spirit. If you're suffering tonight from fear, anxiety, depression. I was watching this show the other night. It said 55% of young uh, people today cannot sleep through the night since COVID. Cannot sleep. Some of them are dying because of it. It causes so, so much health problems if you don't sleep. The heart rate's going up. Blood pressure's going up. They're young. And they're, they're having all of these massive like problems. God can heal you. He can deliver you. He can set you free. He can set you free from addictions. He can set you free from uh, uh, anything that's going on in your mind. Depression. The Bible says that it's a spirit of fear that comes upon you. Fear's the open door. What opens that door to fear is when you believe a lie. You think, I'm a Christian. I don't have any spiritual you know, negativity or problem coming. No, I've, I've been redeemed. I've been set free. No. What happens is, see, Paul even addressed this in Timothy's life. What happens is the door to fear is a lie. When you believe a lie, it opens the door to fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. And what does it do to you? It brings all of its cousins, all the cousins, all the relics. They all come over. Depression, anxiety, heart palpitations, worry, doubt, heaviness. The Bible talks about a spirit of heaviness. Suicide, suicidal thoughts, suicidal tendencies. That God can set you free here in this place tonight. If you're struggling right now with areas of your mind, He's going to set you free. Anxiety is going to go. Depression is going to go. All fear is going to go. Lift your hand if that's you right now. Lift your hand right now. Lift your hand right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, I speak to you for our spirit of anxiety. And I command you now in the name of Jesus, come out, come off, all fear leave. Go in the name of Jesus. Set them free, 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 set them free. All fear, 
oh anxiety, oh pain, oh suffering. Go in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, now, now. And what I want you to do, just breathe. Just let it go. Let it go. Let the pain go. Let it go. You don't need to say anything. You don't need to beg. When you beg, you blame. Just let it go. Set me free. Set me free. You set me free. You set me free. Just let it go. That's it. You don't need to beg. You don't need to pray it in. Just receive. Just receive. And breathe. There it goes. There it goes. God's moving right now. Healing right now. Sitting free right now. Praying for a lady in Planet Shakers and 60 plus bipolar medications, all these sorts of things. Doctors will tell you if you go on that stuff, that's it. You're on it for good. That's it. That's what it does. With one prayer, one encounter, prayed with her. She was completely set free, went back to see her doctor. She didn't need to take the pills anymore. She didn't need to take anything anymore. She's completely set free. This is what God can do if you believe. I can have every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. If you're here right now tonight and you're saying, hey, I need Jesus in my life. I, I, I want to tell you about Jesus. If you, if you don't know him, if you've never come into a relationship with him, and I'm not saying, hey, no, I know Jesus. I've heard of him at Easter time or at Christmas time or I've read and, and heard about. No, no, no. Do you know Jesus? The Bible says that he's closer than a brother. That means closer than the closest family member that you have. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Oh, well, you know, uh, the last two years have, you know, caused a bit of a, <laughs> a wedge between us. And I used to know him. And I'm not do you used to know him. Do you know him right now? Have you made your peace with him tonight? Have you given your life to him? No, oh, I, I came forward and I, I do it a lot. Not did you get saved? Did you come out? Make him your savior, but your Lord and savior, the Bible says. Have you made him master? Do you follow him? The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. What an incredible promise this is. Be saved. The only way to the Father is by the Son, Jesus Christ. You must accept Jesus Christ into your life. That's the only way to salvation. So every head is bowed, every ear is closed, every... Every person around here, just right now, no one moving around. If that's you saying yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you right now tonight. I want to meet you and pray with you. But on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand. If that's you saying yes to Jesus, on the count of three, one, Jesus loves you. Two, you'll never be the same again. And three, lift up your hand nice and high. If that's you saying, yeah, pray for me, 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 pray for me. Thank you. I see your hand. 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 Hands going up all across this place. It's fantastic. Anyone else saying yes to Jesus? Come on, don't leave it for another moment. Don't wait for another opportunity. Come on, what would happen tonight if you lost your life? What gates would you end up at? The, the pearly gates or the gates of hell? If you don't know the answer to that question, you need to give your life to Jesus. Make your peace with heaven right now and say yes to Jesus. Lift up your hand, lift up your hand, lift up your hand, lift up your hand if that's you right now. All right, you can put your hand down. Those people, I, I've seen your hand. That's fantastic. Every eye back up at me, every head back up. Right now, if you put up your hand, here's what I want to do. I want to pray with you, but I want to meet you as well. I'm going to invite you right now as the church encourages you. Why don't you come right now down to the front? I want to pray with you. Come, come, come. Come on, church, encourage them as they come. Come, 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 come. Bless you, mate. Fantastic. Keep coming, keep coming. Good on you. Awesome.
Awesome. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome. Good on you. Awesome. Keep coming. That's it. Keep encouraging. That's fantastic. Awesome. We're going to pray in just a moment. But what we're going to do is we're going to, I want you to do something for me. If you can ask two, three, four people around you, hey, did you want to go? Maybe they didn't have the confidence to come and just say, hey, I don't know. Did you put your hand up? Did you want to go down the front? I'll go with you. I'll stand with you. And you might be thinking, why is he doing this? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, if you stand for me in front of men, I will stand for you in front of my Father in heaven. Awesome. So can we do that? Ask three, four people around us. Say, hey, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll stand with you. I'll go with you. Come with. Come on, come with us. It's not scary. You guys don't have to do it. It's these people. Come on, evangelists out here. That's it. Awesome. Come on, encourage them as they come. That's fantastic. Awesome, mate. Awesome. Good on you. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Don't be afraid. Keep coming. It's the best decision you could ever make. It's the best decision you could ever make is this decision to make tonight. Say yes to Jesus. What we're going to do is going to pray. Can we all pray this together? Come on, let's pray together. Repeat this prayer after me because it says you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You will be saved. This is what we're going to do right now. We're going to believe. We're going to repeat. We're going to declare. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. And he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. I come to you tonight, a sinner, and I repent of all my sins. I give them over to you, Lord. I turn my back on the world, and I follow you, Jesus. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your peace. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a huge shout of victory, a shout of praise, and thank him. Come on, he is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy. He's our redeemer. He's the one who sets us free. He's the one by his stripes, by his blood, we are delivered. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus is king. I just want to thank you so much, Pastor Trevor. Thank you so much. I know you're going to connect these guys. I just want to encourage you to keep on walking strong. Get Get a Bible. Get baptized if you haven't. But thank you so much for having me. Absolutely blessed. I'm going to be here tomorrow. Bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabram. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.